By now, you've probably seen ads about the water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere. People who got sick after drinking that toxic water are now able to seek repayment for their medical costs because of a new law, the PACT Act. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it's important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is a limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and they won't take no for an answer. Sign up at SickMarine.com. Join Planet Fitness today and get more epic energy and better sleep with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs. Join for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, October 14th. It's glow time. See club for details. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him and love him as your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we got some more good news on the Emmanuel Sanders front. He has finally begun to run in cleats. Yeah, it's been about five months since that injury, and he's actually way ahead of schedule. So it's definitely surprising, and it's definitely more. He's further along than I thought he'd be at this point, Chad. I thought he'd be even a, a PUP candidate or IR candidate for the season, but it looks like he'll be ready to go for week one and hopefully near 100%. It just adds that explosive element to that offense because in that video, he looked pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when the Broncos first made the, the Juwan Winfrey pick, you know, trading up. And getting rid of their seventh rounder to move up and grab him in the sixth round. I questioned that. I wasn't, I thought it was, and to this day, I I don't love the pick. But the more tape, and there's not a lot of tape on Winfrey, by the way, that's available to us. But the more I've watched on him, the more I've come to kind of understand what the Broncos were thinking there. If you're going to take a late round flyer on a wide receiver, he was a good candidate for that. He's very strong, very physical. He's a freaking vacuum. You throw the ball in his vicinity. If it's catchable, he's going to haul it in. And I think, Zach, that you know, 2019 might end up being a little bit of a shelf season for him. I think he'll compete for, for a roster spot. We'll see whether or not he's able to get one. But look at 2020 as the season in which he might emerge, Winfrey, as the possible successor to Emmanuel Sanders as the Z receiver to Cortland Sutton's X. Yeah, I don't think it was a direct indictment on Sanders this year taking Winfrey. I think he's more, like you said, a, a developmental guy, and I think Elway likes having big-body possession receivers for their quarterback. Um, Sanders is locked in in that role, and it was good news for the for him and the Broncos. They didn't take any burner receiver, a true burner. And Winfrey, I don't see him making a big contribution. I still haven't come around to that pick yet. I have done some digging on him. I just think they could have allocated those resources better than blowing two on one guy. But hopefully he develops, and they have a great receivers coach in Zach Azani to help him along. By the way, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And don't forget to leave your creative review on iTunes. Give us that five-star rating. 
you know, another time. By now, you've probably seen ads about the water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere. People who got sick after drinking that toxic water are now able to seek repayment for their medical costs because of a new law, the PACT Act. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it's important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is a limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and they won't take no for an answer. Sign up at SickMarine.com. Kenny Main here with this declaration for new Caesar Sportsbook app users from Caesar. Your first bet's on us, is what Caesar told me to say. That means if you don't win, you get up to $1,250 back as a free bet. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app and sign up with the code RADIOFULL. Open to new users who are 21 or older or physically present in New York. If qualifying bet loses, bet amount returned as a credit. Must use within 14 days. See Caesar.com slash promos for full terms. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 that relates to Juwan Winfrey and the wide receiver depth chart specifically is he's basically going to be battling with River Craycraft for that fifth spot when it's all said and done. Brendan Langley as well. So kind of a three-way race for the fifth spot because I don't envision, of course, Sanders, Sutton, Hamilton, and Patrick being in any danger for their roster spots. So that's four deep at the wide receiver position. There's a chance they could carry six depending on what they end up doing with the returner position. But... On paper, that leaves at least three main candidates. There are other guys on the roster, including the college free agents they signed this year, vying for that fifth spot. Do you see, do you think I'm wrong on that, that Jawan Winfrey, River Craycraft, Brendan Langley, who do you like of those three to win that? You know, we're sitting here in the beginning of May, and it's slim pickings in terms of Broncos news to analyze, but looking (laughs) ahead a little bit. Which of those three guys do you see with the best odds, factoring special teams, factoring returnability and everything, to win that fifth job? Well, and also factoring draft status and the Broncos surrender two picks for Winfrey, I have to think they have to keep him on the roster. And as much as I like Craycraft and Brennan Langley, the cornerback convert, I just think they traded up for him for a reason. They got him for a reason. He'll be on the roster. He might be a, a weekly scratch. He might be inactive. But he's going to be on the roster, so um, it's just a numbers game right now. I would have thought when you when you were opening that question, I thought to myself maybe he compete with Tim Patrick for the fourth spot. But that's only if Winfrey comes along faster than expected. Otherwise, I think you're four locked in, like you said. But otherwise, sixth and seventh round picks. That was the last pick of the draft. They obviously knew what they were doing. They want him on the roster. I think he'll be there. Unfortunately for players like Craycraft. Yeah, I mean the the wild card here is, and I'll be honest, I'm ignorant of whether or not Juwan Winfrey has much experience as a punt returner. But the wild card is the returner because that's one of the additional tools that a guy like River Craycraft brings to the table is he's a crafty route runner and he's he's good out of the slot. And you can put him back there as a punt returner and he might not be a huge yak guy. He might not be picking you up huge yardage as a returner, but you can count on him being tough and securing the ball in the face of you know 11 dudes barreling down at him at full speed. So that's the question is, I think, at that fifth spot. And it might be already a moot point. The Broncos might have already resigned themselves early on to thinking, hey, you know, we're going to carry five. And the question is, are we going to carry six? And it's going to be more of a battle for that sixth spot maybe than the fifth because the biggest issue being here, Zach, that they don't have a bona fide returner penciled in yet. 
That was my next point. I think six is a real possibility, especially when you consider they kept six freaking inside linebackers last year. Why not six receivers? I mean, they need a big body pass catcher for Joe Flacco. They can't get enough of them. And you make a great point that Craycraft, out of the bunch, he's that Wes Welker light. He's that that shifty slot returner guy. And he showed very well in that role last year. I'd like to have him on the roster, but only if they keep six. That's the only way I can see it. Otherwise, you're not going to cut a guy or practice squad a guy unless his development is behind that you spend two draft picks on. And they can keep two quarterbacks. They can keep three tight ends. They have to make a, a allocation somewhere. But if they keep six, I like Craycraft in that in that last spot. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see how it shakes out. But again, I just I want to say I, I did spend some time checking out some Winfrey film over the last couple of days. And I feel a lot better. I'm not completely ameliorated over the pick yet, but I do feel a lot better. And again, you know, it's a late round pick. You're taking a flyer on someone. The biggest issue is they gave up their seventh rounder, which we've since learned they were planning on using to take Brett Rippon. So they ended up having their cake and being able to eat it too because they were able to get Brett Rippon signed. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Now, today we have a couple of topics we want to dive into, including... We're going to answer a question that we missed from a VIP on a previous mailbag. But again, it's kind of a slim pickings time of the year where the draft is in the books. We're in between OTAs. We're in between rookie minicamp. And Zach, who does such a great job staying on top of the news for the Broncos and in the NFL can attest to, it's just, it's been dead the last few days. It just fell off a cliff. But that doesn't mean Zach and I are going to rest on our laurels. There's still plenty to talk about. And this is kind of that time on the calendar where Zach and I start kind of shifting our focus toward looking ahead. It might yep. not always be about breaking down daily news. It might be more about looking ahead to what's coming up. And I think before we dive into that VIP question, though, there was a topic that was broached in the Mile High Huddle forums over the weekend that I thought was interesting. And it's it's from a longtime user of the site. He's actually a moderator on our forums. He's a great Broncos fan. And he does a lot, actually, too, to, to help the website. Bronco fan, you guys might recognize his name from some of the VIP mailbags, but Bronco fan 55555, here's what he said. He's, he's talking about John Elway's, what's a good word for it, John Elway's stock right now as a GM and trying to repair some of the optics in, in how far the team has fallen over the last three years. Here's what he said, Zach. The VJ experiment, the Vance Joseph experiment, plus some poor to mediocre drafts, had a lot of fans doubting John Elway's abilities as a GM. But what he has accomplished since last year's draft, plus this year's achievements, have gone a huge way to mitigate the pain he administered previously. A smart GM learns from his mistakes, picks himself up, and does better next time. From the hiring of the outstanding coaches he has this year, plus this year's draft hall, plus this year's free agent hall, Elway is humming on all cylinders. I would say that Elway has restored confidence in the fans after the faux pas of the VJ years, close quote. So on that topic, Zach, now we harp on the idea that, you know, you can't go to the bank based on paper, right? You can't count on anything in the spring. They still have to translate all this, all the great moves that they've made this offseason out onto the grass and into the wind column. But what are your thoughts on Elway so far with the Vic Fangio hire, the trade for Flacco, the free agent moves, and then this draft stacking a couple of quality uh, drafts back to back that he has begun to close some of the gap, restoring some of the confidence in the fan base? 
this viewpoint really aligns with mine, and I'm going to just give you the way I see it. In 2017, Elway failed hard by hiring Vance Joseph. He failed even harder by keeping Vance Joseph the next year. At that point, Elway's confidence in the fan base was at its lowest. It was coming off Paxton Lynch, coming off a playoffless season. But then the draft last year was the first watershed moment for Elway where you really thought he was turning it around as a GM. And as we come to find out, he hit that draft out of the absolute ballpark. He turned around this offseason again, finally firing Vance Joseph, and he conducted a true coaching search, and he got the best candidate among that group in Vic Fangio, surrounded him with great hires, uh, had a really good offseason. I'm still a little wavy on Joe Flacco, but other than that, I mean, again, he followed a, a good draft with an even better draft this year, got his future franchise quarterback, got great value. So, yeah, I don't see... Um, any any negative to what Elway's done the last two years or so, Elway, especially what he's done since realizing his mistake on Vance Joseph, since swallowing his pride, admitting his failures, and listening to those around him instead of insulating himself from any other opinion. And that's the biggest change in Elway. It's been personal. It's been from within. And it's not a surprise. He's been a better human and a better GM. So I'm trying to take the fan side out of it. I'm trying to be objective. And as a person who covers the team, There is no way not to look at the Broncos this year, even if they don't make the playoffs, and not have hope considering what he's done for the fan base Elway with the coaching and personnel moves. You know, the idea a lot of fans complain, and we might have even harped on this a time or two in in the months past, but that John Elway waited too long to fire Vance Joseph and that the writing was on the wall. It was evident, clear as day, after 2017 that VJ was not the man for the job and he should have been fired then after one year. But one thing I want to submit to those who who think that way is the idea that had Elway, now think about the Fangio hire this this past uh, January, had Elway parted with Vance Joseph at the end of the 2017 season, there's still a chance that Vic Fangio would have been on his radar. But what really skyrocketed Fangio's stock as a head coaching candidate into the stratosphere was his 2018 campaign as the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, whereas we've talked about so many times on the podcast, he led his unit to number one ranking in so many categories and also the second least penalized defense in the NFL. Had Elway pulled the trigger on firing Vance Joseph sooner, Zach, he might have gone, it might not have been as home run of, a, of the next move because Maybe it would have been a Mike Shanahan, and who knows? That could have taken on a life of its own and been a good thing in its own right. But the Van, or the uh, but the Vic Fangio hire, it just feels right. And that's where, to me, football serendipity comes into play. Some things happen for a reason, and as it relates to what Bronco fan 55555 had to say, <laughs> some things happen for a reason, and Elway is beginning to, you know, He's learning from his mistakes, obviously. Every, every GM's going to, you know, step on his you-know-what from time to time. But the key is, how do you learn from it? How do you bounce back from that? And he's building up, in my opinion, some momentum here. He's stacking good decisions after good decisions. And that can only go on, I think, Zach, to pay dividends for the Broncos. Now, it might not shake out in terms of immediate gratification because the Denver Broncos are in a tough division and they're stacked with the second toughest strength of schedule in 2019. So it might not happen right away, but I think he's done a good job so far sticking his his heel in the turf, so to speak, and pivoting and putting the Broncos back on track to some modicum of respect and and putting them in a a space where within a two- to three-year period they can be back and competing. 
He's done a great job. And like in any other part of life or any business, luck comes into play. And like I said in the pod uh, last night, like I said on Twitter, Elway's been very fortunate this offseason with his personnel moves, getting Munchak as your assistant. I mean, come on, that was a head coaching candidate. And then in your draft, getting your franchise quarterback and so on. The only thing is, I'll play devil's advocate to what you said. If you would have fired Vance after the first year, maybe you would have had a Frank Reich, a Mac Nagy. I mean, you never know how that's going to shake out. He could have got an offensive coach. I think the only reason, and I maintain this, the only reason he didn't fire VJ after one year, he didn't want to be the one that the only time in franchise history they fired a coach after only one season. I mean, even McDaniels got into his second year. He didn't want egg on his face. It's the only reason he kept him around. I mean, I maintain that, but it's in the past. Now we can look forward to the future, and yeah, there's no disputing that Vic Fangio was a home run hire. The Broncos will be back in the playoffs, if not this year, then next year, for sure, and for many years to come. They're going to have continued success because of the coaching staff that Elway put around them. And I still remain optimistic that Flacco's is going to be more productive as the Broncos starter, health willing, than some of his you know, critics and detractors might think. And one of the reasons why is there is something to be said for the mile-high magic. And John Elway really has, even though the expectations for Broncos quarterbacks are sky-high, John Elway's done a good job of, of building a team around him. And as you just said, stacked the, the team with really good coaching. So not only do you got Vic Fangio and his hand-picked staff rocking the defense, you've got Rich Scangarello, T.C. McCartney coaching the quarterbacks, You've got the best offensive assistants from the previous squad who got great results out of their respective position groups like Zach Azani, the wide receivers coach, Curtis Modkins at running back, and then, of course, McMahon, the special teams coordinator, sticking around. All the right guys were retained, and then the new additions. That's a great foundation for a guy like Flacco to build on. And I think, honestly, you look at the roster, you look at the holes that Elway managed to plug via free agency in the draft this year, it wouldn't surprise me to see, and I don't want to get over my skis here, but it wouldn't surprise me to see the Broncos be one of those teams in 2019 that kind of comes out of the blue and surprises people. Because as we look back on 2018, for example, and we've talked about this on the show many times too, so many of those games came down to the wire and against quality opponents, the Broncos fell short by a single score, could have gone either way. And so this year, you know, the, the schedule looks really tough in May, and I'll grant that. But some of those teams that look tough today aren't going to be as good. They're going to they're gonna be compromised, some of them. Not all of them, but one or two of those games on the schedule that you've circled as oh crap games, they're going to turn out when they finally roll around on the schedule to not be nearly as intimidating. And it's I just think that this time around – the, John always made the right decisions at every level from coaching, free agency, trading, getting Joe Flacco, and now the draft. And it's just a matter, Zach, we talk about this all the time, of taking it from the paper stage and the, you know, the conceptual stage and putting it out on the grass and getting results. Yeah, I mean, can they win with Flacco? Sure. They went 9-7 and seven with Trevor Simeon. I just think if the Broncos are smart, they will hide Joe Flacco as much as possible, lean on that defense, lean on that running game, lean on the weapons around him, and let him just you know sprinkle it a little on top. Don't let him be the main ingredient in that recipe. If they can do that and lean on the defense and good coaching, they'll be back in the playoffs. Possibly, I agree with you, as soon as this year, though I think 2020 is, is when they'll get uh, you know, back on the winning track and a little more consistent. But the future is definitely looking bright. The arrow's pointing up, and it starts with Elway. Just as the blame fell at his feet, Chad, for Vance Joseph in the last couple of years, the you know the the uh, the praise should fall at his feet too for what he's done for the franchise the last couple of years. Also, 
You know, now they just got to get results. They just got to turn the moves made on paper into results and, and execution out on the grass. So we'll see how that shakes out. There's still a lot to come this summer to see how this team takes shape. And uh, we look forward to getting to that. And, of course, rookie camp's coming this weekend. But in the meantime, the days are going to trickle through and, and just drag. But we do have a question, as I mentioned earlier, that we want to address on the other side of this break from the VIP mailbag. We're going to tackle that here in just a second. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. All right, so we missed a question, my fault, from a previous VIP mailbag that actually is probably a a good uh, topic to kind of let our hair down on here in the middle of a week in which there's not a lot of news happening. And it comes from No Fly Zone 2125. Now, of course, Zach and I are always going to be here as your football priests, and we're going to offer you the absolution, the answers to your Burning Broncos questions. And usually we reserve our, our VIP mailbags for Fridays, but as I said, I'm a man of my word. If I miss a VIP's question in a mailbag, we're going to circle back and grab it. So No Fly Zone 2125 says, How much, Zach, will we see Locke in the preseason this year? His signing really excites me. And what do we know about some of the college free agents? Which ones will make the biggest impact and have the best chance to make the team? Now he goes on and, and talks about more. But what I really wanted to address in his question here is the idea of how much we're going to see Locke in the preseason because this time around he's going to get five opportunities to ply his wares for the Broncos coaches. How much do you expect to see the the Broncos dangle their number 42 overall pick this year in the preseason and not so much the idea of risking him but throwing him to the fire so to speak. Yeah, I feel like they can afford to risk him too cuz they have Brett Rippin on the roster and for now Kevin Hogan, but I expect to see him a lot. It's a, it's a tough position because they also have to get Flacco some work and some reps with the first team. But uh, depending on how they treat the Hall of Fame game, he should get most of this, uh, the first half, if not into the second half, true lock, before giving way to the rest of the quarterbacks. And we should see him a lot. He needs the work. He needs the seasoning. And um, he's not going to start. So they can throw him out there against backups, and he should thrive. It should give them a good indicator of where he's out and where they can, can, can continue to work with him into the regular season. When's the last time you can remember watching – 
actually watching a Hall of Fame game? Every year, I love football. I just want to see, for the first couple minutes or so, just football back on my screen, then I change the channel. Now, and I'll, be, I'll admit, I don't usually pay attention to other teams' preseason games, including the Hall of Fame game. In years past, can you remember teams rolling out their ones on the Hall of Fame game? Because I would think that that's a big no-no. I think it's like a series or two they'll get, maybe, if that. Just like a ceremonial couple plays. Yeah, for the pomp and circumstance Hall of Fame. Right. Well, if the Broncos end up doing that, you know, one series or whatever, I think you're going to see Locke get the bulk of the work. I really do. Because he still has a lot to work on with regard to his fundamentals and technique, and especially working from under center. That's going to be the biggest key for him. And he got a taste of that at the Senior Bowl. But John always talked about it publicly, and you even had an article similar to it on on Monday. But he's got to unify his feet with his eyes because yep. if he can do that, the accuracy issues, which don't often improve, if a if a quarterback in college is iffy uh, from his accuracy perspective, not often do you see a quarterback suddenly elevate that aspect of his game at the next level. It does happen, but it's more of an exception than the rule. With Drew Locke, it's more of a matter of his technique and his footwork. And if he can, you know, and this is one thing I've learned reading this book I'm on right now with Bill Walsh, and he harped on it. I mean, he was a straight-up Nazi about footwork with, with regard to his quarterbacks. I mean, mercilessly attacking Joe Montana, who to this day, when you when people talk and analysts talk about the all-time quarterbacks, obviously he's, he's up there, but... The, the footwork and the, the quarterbacks in, in the history of the NFL that have the best footwork and the, and the lightest feet, and Joe Montana is up there. But it's because of how much Bill Walsh hammered him on that. And, of course, he was the brainchild, Walsh, of the West Coast offense, which is what, in essence, Rich Scangarello is going to be running here. So the focus has to be on not just the dropbacks and the timing aspect of how you know a three-step, a five-step drop, how that matches up with the different routes in a play and all that. I'm talking about Drew Locke being accurate and unifying his his footwork with his arm because that's how you're going to see his accuracy get elevated and improve. And so the more reps and live bullets he can get in this offense in real, you know, live game type of situations, the quicker the Broncos are going to be able to manage him along that developmental curve. Yeah, it all comes down to footwork for a quarterback. You can have a literal rocket launcher attached to your shoulder, and it doesn't matter if your footwork's a mess. I mean, go watch Jamarcus Russell tape. That is Drew Locke's biggest downside is accuracy, but the Broncos are hopeful that they can fix that in him. And what better way in the preseason? There's no pressure. It's free reps. I mean, if he gets injured, unfortunately, the Broncos have a quarterback in waiting. They have their starter locked in, so it's the perfect opportunity. We're going to see a lot of Drew Locke this summer, Chad. Yeah, absolutely. And you think back to Peyton Manning, for example. Now, Peyton Manning was never much of a West Coast guy. I mean, the offenses he ran in Indianapolis were not really off the West Coast variant. And when he came to Denver, it was the Peyton Manning offense that he ran, basically, that that he installed more than Mike McCoy installed. And then later, of course, uh, tag-teamed the best and most prolific offense in the history of the NFL with Adam Gase, but that was all the brainchild of what Peyton Manning developed with Tom Moore in Indianapolis. And then when Kubiak arrived in 2015, that's when the Broncos said, look, we need you to get under center. We need you to, you know, start uh, working on your dropbacks and no more running 80% of the time out of the gun. And so even through that it was a learning curve even for Peyton Manning to suddenly in his last year, his 18th season in the NFL, 
start doing those things, but he always maintained great footwork. He's up there right next to Joe Montana of amongst the all-time quarterbacks and the, you know, the poster children, so to speak, for excellent footwork. And he had to make up for the fact that he was never the strongest armed quarterback. You know, that's one comparison, for example, to Daniel that Daniel Jones got to Peyton Manning that made a lot of sense to me is that, you know, medium strength, let's say, NFL arm, talent as far as strength, and the footwork is what mitigates that. And that's how Peyton Manning overcame the fact that, you know, he always talked about it. He never had the tight spirals. He threw a lot of ducks and all that, but they were touchdowns. Well, the reason he was still able to throw all those touchdowns, despite not having the strongest arm in the NFL, where the windows are extremely small, was because he honed and worked on his footwork like crazy. Now, I don't want to derail this podcast into just talking about footwork, but (laughs) these are the same type of things that Drew Locke has to embrace with a vengeance. And trust me, always if already been talking about it publicly, but these are the things that Rich Scangarello is going to be rolling out as soon as this weekend. And the more reps, again, going back to the question from our VIP there, is that he needs the live bullet. So in my mind, Zach, when you have an entrenched starter like Joe Flacco, who's going to be seeing a minimal amount of reps in the preseason this year, you really don't have much to lose in playing the rookie second rounder as much as possible to get him that live fire experience. But also, I want to tell Broncos fans, enjoy him while you see him this summer because that's the last time you're going to see him on the field. They, he needs time on the bench. He needs time to learn. The Broncos have the best coach in Scangarello and McCartney to develop him along. And if they can be patient with him, Chad, and do it the right way, they can get a future franchise quarterback. They just have to be patient. That's the biggest thing. Accuracy and footwork and technique, they aren't corrected overnight. It's a season-long process. Hopefully by 2020, he's ready to go. The question in my mind is, how long will the Broncos wait to whittle their quarterback depth chart from three, or from four, excuse me, to three? Because once you get to the preseason there's really no longer much room. And it's not quite the same since the, the NFL changed its cut-down um, dates and deadlines. But there's not very much, you know, in camp you can make hay with four guys because you want to get your wide receivers as many reps as possible and without wearing out the, the throwing arm of your quarterbacks. But when you get to the preseason and you got a 60-minute window of playing time, there's really not much more than what three quarterbacks – you know, if you want to be effective in what you're doing and giving guys the experience and giving guys opportunities, you really don't need more than three. So I'm curious to see how long our boy Kevin Hogan can hang on this roster. And I think he'll he'll be around for the dog days of camp. He'll be around through the first couple weeks of July once, you know, once training camp kicks off. And maybe the first game of preseason, just so the Broncos can see what's what, see how they all look against you know, uh, outside competition. But my bet, my bold prediction at this point is that Kevin Hogan does not even make it to the final cutdowns at the end of August. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he'll last one week longer, though. Uh, obviously, Brett Rippon, that they have higher hopes for him than Kevin Hogan, who they also resigned. But they'll give him, I think, two preseason games just to make sure that Hogan's not better than Rippon, and then they'll cut him and, and make room for the three on the roster. So he won't be on the roster or in Denver by the time final cuts roll around if all goes according to plan. We, the Broncos should hope that Rippon, Locke, and Flacco are your, are your quarterbacks for 2019. Well, you guys, again, we're trying to make some hay for you and give you a compelling podcast when there's not a whole lot to analyze in the moment. But there's going to be plenty to tackle as we inch closer to this weekend with Rookie Minicamp. 
uh, finally coming around. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, again, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Leave your creative reviews on iTunes. It's so important for the show. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter at Kelberman247. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And stay tuned for tomorrow's show, another Building the Broncos episode. I'm not sure what they have on deck for you, but I'm sure it'll be a compelling listen and conversation. So stay tuned for that. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 